the views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host, guest, random reptoid, or chupacabra may not necessarily reflect those of AM950 Radio, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Now, it's time to step into the unknown. There are things people experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in the corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your experience, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. And this is Ghost Box Radio on AM 950, where every night we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, and so much more. My name is Greg Bach, and thank you very much for joining me tonight. We also have in studio tonight with us Mr. Adam. How are you doing tonight? Doing very well, sir. I'm very interested on tonight's topic as well. And um, it's a Wednesday. It's really thrown my entire week off because normally I'm here Thursdays and Fridays. Yes, and I almost feel like that I'm almost in a time warp, if you will, because all day today I'm thinking, oh, it's Thursday. Great. No, wait, it's Friday. No, nope, that's and that's that's Friday. cruel. That's yeah, cruel. It is. I, so and and you know who else you threw off with that as well is Chad, actually, because Chad gave, gave me a call on my way down here, and he's like, um, Adam's here tonight, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, because someone came into this into the building, but there's no cars outside. <laughs> it's like it's a ghost. Yeah, I wasn't sure who was here. I f- figured it was one of the office people, so I just came down here and set up for the show. Never even bothered to go and say hello to anybody because I'm so rude like that. Well, that's how it goes. Not everyone could be charming and wonderful as myself. So exactly. you know, exactly. we're not all we're not all extroverts. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, right. That's me. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say quickly before we bring on Anthony is uh, real fast. Uh, you may have heard uh, uh, Matt McNeil talk about uh, AM 950 membership. Uh, so uh, please consider doing that. Going to am 950 com and uh, pick up membership. You may have heard that uh, that he said that there is a meet and greet with hosts, and I this might stop people from actually signing up. But I I just uh, talked to Chad tonight, and whenever they do that, I'm going to be a part of that. So uh, I'm going to if you if you're interested in meeting and greeting, and also supporting the station, uh, please consider uh, going to AM950 Radio and dot uh, com and uh, sign up and uh, get a calendar or whatever else that they're offering. So. Uh, and, you know, maybe they're offering this big TV behind us since they never use it. You know, I don't know, Adam. I don't know what's going on around here. I think that's the raffle. <laughs> that's the raffle. <laughs> the the prize is tell us how to use it. <laughs> well, there's a remote control back here that I think goes to it, but I'm afraid to uh, to press it because you ever see the movie Remote Control with uh, John Ritter? I've only seen the, back in the day. I only saw the MTV game show. Oh, there was a movie back in the day starring John Ritter and he would get sucked into a TV and it the remote very much looks like the same one that was in that flick. Real fast, the only re- you know, why even bother putting it on? Look behind me. Look how much of the TV is actually on screen. What's the purpose? So, yeah, you, you get it. They signed my paycheck, so I'm not going to give you the purpose. So there we go. So, anyway, uh, so tonight, I am very excited for tonight. This has been uh, weeks in the making, and uh, I, you know, y- you know I love to talk UFOs, uh, and uh, I saw uh, about a month or so ago that uh, Anthony F. Sanchez had written a book uh, called UFO Nexus, A Journey into Alien Realms and Cosmic Secrets, and I reached out to him to see if he'd like to be on the show. 
uh, not only did he want to be on the show, he sent me a copy of the book. And uh, I, I, I found a new favorite author when it comes to UFO uh, literature and talking about it. And what I like about it is that it is current as far as we know with uh, current events that have been happening this year surrounding UFO um, disclosures and other things. And I really am excited about it. So uh, tonight uh, we are going to have this uh, conversation about the book with its author, uh, Mr. Anthony F. Sanchez. Anthony, how are you? Welcome to Ghost Box Radio. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Greg. Oh, I appreciate you very much that uh, sent this. This was really, uh, you know, we were talking beforehand, and uh, you can get the book over at uh, ufocurrents.com. And mm -hmm. if you uh, get the book uh, between now and the end of the year, uh, going lis as listeners of the show, if you buy the book, you're going to be sent uh, two unique bookmarks that go with the book, uh, which which is great because then you can remember where you left off. But honestly, you may kind of read it all the way through because there is a lot of information in this book. Uh, Anthony, can you tell us, uh, tell our audience what the book is about, please? Well, I mean, ultimately the book is about UFOs, UAPs, and extraterrestrials. Um, one of the things I wanted to do was bring a contemporary nature to the, to the book as a whole, because there's so much new stuff going on, you know, with the, with the uh, congressional subcommittee hearings, David Grush making a splash onto the entire media scene. We're we're talking. There's such a profound. We're we're looking at such a profound moment in the, in the, the history of UFOs. Yeah, it's been it's been 50 years since 1970 to now that the government has taken a serious interest in UFOs. So we're 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 at a, we're at a real watershed moment. It really does seem like that, uh, and, it, and it doesn't seem like, and, and I, I'm curious what you think about this, it doesn't feel like that necessarily we went into hyperdrive, yet we did with the disclosure information, but I feel like over the last, uh, like with this year being outstanding in that arena, it feels like that we've been kind of getting closer and closer in maybe tinier steps, but those tinier steps have been bigger than anything we had seen within the last, as you say, 50 years. So, I mean, it just feels like that we are in a forward-moving momentum that uh, is is exciting and scary at the same time. Right, and I think that um, the government has is, is finally been pushed into uh, like a box canyon, per se, where they, they now can no longer deny the existence of UAPs when you have professional military personnel providing radar evidence, yeah. visual evidence, you know, officially classified logs. These are things that cannot be, be denied by the government any longer. So if our best of our, if the best of our best within the, the ranks of the military are saying, we're seeing something, we don't know what it is. And these things are essentially posing a risk to our operations and we don't know if they're from our adversaries or if they're from another world. It needs to be taken very seriously. It it does. And I think one of the things, too, uh, that it it doesn't matter in my mind. It Well, it does and it doesn't that, uh, we, you know, let's put to the side how much the government knows, how much the government is covering, covering up. But what we do, what we learn from those, from Grouch in particular, 
is mm. that there is there is a form of bullying going on uh, within their ranks of trying to suppress information from getting out, and that is uh, very. That's a very serious uh, charge in my mind because it's one, you know, it's bad enough if they are holding on and doing uh, like uh, reverse engineering or whatnot uh, and and are trying to, uh, you know, cover that up. But, you know, it, it's it has to be even worse that that they're actually going to these people who are risking their lives. Like you said, the top of the top, you know, the cream, you know, just the best and that they're being threatened basically to uh, keep their mouth shut. Right. Kevin Day, who was a radar specialist on the USS Princeton, he was a part of this entire 2004 incident with the original Tic Tac UFO uh, encounter. And he tried to come forward. He tried to explain to his mm -hmm. superiors what he saw, and they really shut him down. And David Grush likes to term it as administrative terrorism. Yeah. He says whenever these guys try and go forward with their information they hit a wall and a lot of times it's not enough that they just hit a wall they're they, they are met with punitive measures they're punished it, it, they jeopardize their career they mm -hmm. jeopardize their reputation but the, here's here's the funny thing kevin day came forth with all of his information and they ridiculed the hell out of him they really put him into a tough spot but now that the government cannot deny the existence of UAPs and you have Grush, Fravor, and Graves giving their testimony at the Congressional Subcommittee, looks like David, David, uh, excuse me, Kevin Day is uh, fully justified. Yeah. He was telling the truth. And you have three, you have two of the three individuals that were up there telling you this really happened. I so, yeah. I, I, you know, it, and it, it brings up a point that I, I've, I've often thought about, and I often think about this when it comes to conspiracy theories. And you, I'm curious if you would agree or disagree with it. I mean, you have, you have politicians, and then you have government, and I think that they're two different things. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, because, and this is why I say that, because you have, um, you have. Uh, at these at these congressional hearings, they're put forward. I mean, it's put forward by uh, uh, Knapp and Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, I know that they were a big part of of moving that forward, but the people there were politicians. They're the ones who are listening and stuff. But right. I I feel like that the the cover ups and anything else that goes along with it that is government, and it doesn't matter who's in control. I feel like that is uh, that it's a, almost a machine upon itself. Right. What what you're talking about is political theater. You see, yeah. so um, you have individuals within Congress and in, in some cases the Senate who are truly interested in the UAP phenomena. And they want the public to know what these hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent on in some of these programs. Now, it's funny that with the NDAA that just came out that, uh, that was put forth, there was a there were Republicans and Democrats both siding saying, yes, let's get some information. Let's put a couple of lines in the NDA and the NDAA that says when we finally, you know, solidify the funding for this for the next fiscal year or whatever, it's contingent on the fact that some UAP information is going to come forth. Well, at the last second, two uh representatives, congress uh, two congressmen, Mike Turner and Mike Rogers came out of left field and opposed it for no 
mm. reason other than their concerns over funding. Yeah. These are two guys that never had a concern about UAPs, never cared about funding. So they're clearly being orchestrated and manipulated by somebody else who doesn't want UAP disclosure to come forward. Right, right. And then, by the way, it didn't get passed. No. And 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 uh, do you have any? I mean, what, who do you think that is that's that's uh, that's stopping it? I mean, because it's not you know it's not like a special interest group or anything. I would think, right? It's more of a think, government itself. I think I know who it is. I think I know it is. I think the, we're talking about lobbyists, very powerful lobbyists, who are operating from within the military-industrial complex on behalf of aerospace firms who are in charge of reverse engineering or creating mm -hmm. modern aircraft that uses reverse engineered technology. For instance, let's say that in 1947 in Roswell, when that UFO crash occurred, supposedly we found three dead aliens, one of them alive, and we recovered a crap. Colonel Phil Corso stated that a lot of the technology that they recovered was disseminated throughout the private sector. Mm. You know, a lot of semiconductor companies and whatnot. So let's just assume that that technology over decades has been successfully reverse engineered and integrated into our technology or our aircraft, which is why we have such a profound edge over every other country on the planet including Russia and China, they're not even close. If, I mean, we are still 30 to 50 years ahead of everybody uh, when it comes to military technology, military armaments, all, everything. The stealth technology that, uh, that we have in our aircraft purportedly comes from, according to uh, Phil Schneider, who in the 1990s was on the circuit, on the lecture circuit, and who subsequently was killed, he was showing geological samples that he said were synthesized using gray technology hmm. that was a precursor to our modern stealth technology. So <clears throat> a lot of people have concern that the Chinese have caught up to the U.S. Well, they haven't. What the Chinese have done is they've infiltrated academia and a lot of our uh, corporate institutions, and uh, they've stolen a lot of the intellectual property. This is a known thing throughout the government. Mm -hmm. A lot of hacking incidents. So they managed to reverse engineer a lot of the intellectual, uh, you know, proprietary intellectual knowledge that was circulated throughout our best universities, our top military industrial complex, corporate, you know, uh, entities. But uh, everything that they've stolen is does, doesn't compare to what can potentially be uh, still, you know. Uh, forthcoming with, with regards to UAP technology. Mm -hmm. This is why at Stanford University in November 17th and 18th, they had the Seoul Conference thrown by Professor Gary Nolan. The Seoul Conference had retired United States Army uh, Colonel Carl Nell there putting up a, a timeline saying that by 2030, two things. One, we're in a secret arms race over UAP technology with our adversaries. Russia and China. He's saying that by 2030, we have to go public with everything that we have on UAPs. But at the same time, you know, it has to be uh, carefully coordinated and released in a structured way as to not freak everybody out.
and I talk about that in some articles that I wrote on my website, ufocurrents.com. Definitely, uh, definitely go and check it out. Well, Anthony, why don't we go ahead and do this? I'd like to take our first break. We have some questions that are stacking up in the chats. Everyone has questions. Feel free to uh, put them in the chat or else you can call in at 952-946-6205. The book is called UFS Nexus, A Journey into Alien Realms and Cosmic Secrets. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM950. And welcome back to Ghost Box Radio on AM950. I'm Greg Bakken. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. Before we get back to Anthony, I just want to uh, remind everybody we had Witch Jody on last week, and we talked about a seance that's happening this Friday. Uh, it's called the Utah Site. Excuse me, if I could even speak. Uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, the uh, government's trying to take over my speech patterns. I don't know. Yuletide Seance. It's a great way to connect with your deceased loved ones for Christmas. That's happening this Friday. Uh, that would be the 15th of December. That's at uh, 7 p.m. at Midwest Witchery and Healing in Stillwater at the Grand Garage. You can get your tickets over at MidwestWitcheryHealing.com. If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, she mentioned that there are going to be some carol carolers there as well. And uh, I really... Really uh, looking forward to it. I'm actually going to be there on Friday. So if you have a chance to go get some tickets, the Yuletide Seance. We are talking with Mr. Anthony F. Sanchez. We are talking about the book UFO Nexus, A Journey into Alien Realms and Cosmic Secrets. Man, this is quite the book. I mean, this is quite the conversation, too. One that has to be talked about, isn't it? Uh, and, and Anthony, uh, one thing that I uh, had... Uh, had noted uh, is that uh, I had a couple questions come through. Mm -hmm. Joanne had said, uh, when we're talking about uh, more attention being put onto this, she's asking, is it the government or is that we are paying more attention as citizens? I, I, would, I would have to say that it's both because mm -hmm. you do have a lot of Congress uh, men and women who are concerned with the voices of their constituents and the constituents are saying, Hey, we're the taxpayers. We're paying all this money to a tip and to arrow and all these other groups that are, that have existed, these organizations. What are you doing? Why are you studying UAPs? Is there something we need to be worried about? You know, there is a retired CIA uh, agent by the name of John Ramirez. Mm -hmm. This guy is interesting. And, and people used to say he was kooky. But I don't think so. He has come out and said that by 2027, aliens are going to reveal themselves through the government or through the military or a combination of both. He says that we are standing on the cusp of what could be the most significant event in human history. Now, Carl Nell, recently at the Seoul Conference, symposium, excuse me, was saying that there, we're in a race for to avoid a catastrophic leak, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want to lose to our adversaries with regards to UAP technology. So you have Carl now saying that by 2030, we need to have everything done. Excuse me, sorry, my voice. Then you have John Ramirez who's saying that by 2027, aliens are going to make themselves known to the public, mm -hmm. or at least to the government and the military. Right. A lot of people are arguing that Aliens have already made themselves known. You know, I spoke to a gentleman back in 2010 
from my first book, UFO Highway, <clears throat> who said that uh, there were gray aliens working alongside the military and scientists from Los Alamos National Laboratories in Dulce, New Mexico. So, I mean, that's a very famous story. Yeah. But if we have, if we've already had established contact with gray aliens, who is it that's going to be making themselves appear or apparent in 2027? You know, is it someone, someone else? I mean, Linda Moulton Hell talks about the tall whites, also talks about the grays. You know, we have people throughout history talked about the Anunnaki. Yeah. Many people believe that the Anunnaki are the progenitors who Colonel X back in 2010 said was the creator of the grays who, you know, now reside in Dulce, New Mexico. By the way, there's some apparently supposed to be gray aliens that also live at Pine Gap in Australia, their underground facility. So, I mean, who is it that's going to appear in 2027? Well, and... And so, first of all, once again, folks, we're ta we're talking with uh, Anthony uh, Sanchez. The book that uh, we are talking about tonight. Well, we're 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 actually kind of going a little bit off topic there a little bit, but it's UFO Nexus: A Journey into Alien Realms and Cosmic Secrets. Available at ufocurrents.com. Uh, and and also, if you get the book between now and the end of the year, as a special thank you for being a listener uh, to Ghost Box Radio, Anthony's going to include uh, two unique uh, bookmarks. If you have any questions, put it into the comments. Or if you have questions, you can call in 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. Anthony, my question to you, though, after you said all that is, what do you think it is? What do you think? Do you think it's Gray's? Uh, do you think, um, do, you know, it, it, and to your point, I mean, I'm sure you have some kind of theory. If if we are working along with with these uh, Gray's, aliens, whatever, whichever variety they are, and that there should be a dis, you know that they're going to let themselves be known to us by 2027. What's your theory on what's going to happen or who they are? Well, for one, I do believe that the Gray's exist. Yeah, um, I've had my own personal experience with UFOs and Gray's all since my childhood. But based on the people that I've interviewed since 2009, I mean that's a lot of time, you know. And I've talked to a lot of people over the years. I'm talking about military personnel, first responders, mm -hmm. uh, medical uh, people that work in the medical field, doctors. Um, there are too many times that I've interviewed people that have independently told me things about the Grays that they've that that they've encountered where the similarities are just too too much too close to be a coincidence mm -hmm. whether it's through my lab which is a military abduction scenario or a traditional ufo abduction that has nothing to do with the military i think that what we're seeing is is lots of evidence of the grace i think that's who we're going to be encountering in the mm -hmm. future and um the very prospect of an alien revelation happening in 2027, you got to remember, things like that were once considered mere conjecture. But now that has gained credence, especially with this leak of the disclosure plan that happened at the Seoul Symposium. There was a PowerPoint presentation. And on the presentation was a plan that outlined concepts 
and I swear to you, they use terms, terminology, such as a hierarchy of beings. And if you're a fan of Star Trek, they even mentioned something called the Prime Directive. Oh, yeah. So al- alongside a lot of the concerns about geopolitical impl- implications of countries like Russia and China is that they may pr- they may potentially acquire extraterrestrial technology. So when mm-hmm. Colonel Nell says we're in a race to acquire UAP technology that, you know, may appear <clears throat> or safeguard that which what we already have, he's talking about a significant threat to national security. All of this has to do with national security. Right. Right. And, 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 I, I, so a comment came through and I'm trying to, I'm trying to frame this up actually, because I understand what Chuck is saying here, but I also feel like that, uh, that, uh, it can work the other way as well. And what Chuck says here is pre-internet accounts that match like story-wise that people, I, my understanding from that is that people who don't have access to see anything that interests him more than current accounts, but I think we're talking about what what you're dealing with is something very different than just finding information on the internet. Right. We can go all the way back to 1985 when Whitley Strieber wrote his book Communion, mm-hmm. which was it was the first book that had it literally the cover was a picture of a gray face, a I gray remember. alien, and it freaked a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, "Oh, well, since then there's been a lot of stories about grays." No. Prior to 1985, there were tons of stories, firsthand accounts, witnesses, people who have been abducted and experimented on by gray aliens. And uh, Whitley Stryver's book was just a catalyst to it finally becoming something that people were worth, were willing to, to speak about, including myself, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of open, kind of. Kind of made it. Uh, mm. uh, ex- I don't know if "acceptable" is the right word, but you know what I mean. Like it gives you the okay. It make you. You're, make you you're feel- talking with somebody who underwent therapy from the time they were a child for claiming they saw UFOs and aliens. I literally had experiences, which I wrote about in the book, by the way. Mm-hmm. My personal experiences, um, chapter twenty-two, I believe. My UFO UAP experiences. My mom actually put me in therapy as a little kid because she didn't want me telling people that I saw UFOs, let alone that I saw a creature. Right. So I'm highly educated. I've been working in the semiconductor industry for over 20 years as a software engineer. I consulted for the state of California. I've done work with John Hopkins University, uh, APL, the FBI. I've done a lot of stuff. I'm not crazy no a lot of people say i'm i'm jeopardizing the the, my reputation and my career by talking about this and and perhaps i was greg but that was 10 years ago a lot of people were concerned for me Mm -hmm. now it's 2023 we just had congressional subcommittee hearings with a counterintelligence officer david grush a famed pilot uh, the David Fravor mm-hmm. and then Ryan Graves, you know, and then not to mention Kevin Day, a radar specialist, all the things that they're talking about, you know, these UFOs that they're encountering, the UAPs. I'm old school. I call them UFOs. I, I do too. I don't like UAP quite honestly. Right. 
<laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize it, but the term UAPs has been around since the 1960s. But it's hmm. just now that the government has been adopting UAPs as a means to kind of pull away from the uh, media circus that tends to surround the term UFO. But but my point is, is that this is such a pivotal time in history. And I, I think it's just it's just undeniable. And I no longer am ashamed to admit that I've seen UFOs or that I've seen creatures. I had my own personal experiences. I was put into therapy. My therapist said, no, he's not crazy. He's a smart kid. But he says he saw what he saw. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It, I find it interesting, Adam. You'll remember uh, we had we had John Yost on uh, back in April. Yeah, for the alien special. Exactly, and John told the same exact thing, Anthony, of his parents put him into uh, in into therapy because mm-hmm. they they didn't like the fact that he was seeing something and they they didn't like what what it was. And I my question to you about that is, I mean, how did, how, did that set? I mean, how far did that set you back? Just in as a person, I mean, not really. I mean, it didn't set me back as a person. Um, you know, all I could do was tell the truth to my therapist. Yeah, he wanted to know. I remember him to this day. His name was Doctor Jerry, Doctor Jerry Agusa. He was a really brilliant man, and um, he asked me tons of questions. You know, put me on the spot, and it wasn't interrogation; it was therapy. But um, I mean, ultimately, I think he he had to admit this is what Anthony says he saw. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with him. He's still a normal kid. He wants to go to school, play baseball, and you know, I apart from the fact that I've had these experiences, there's there's nothing abnormal about my life. No, no, uh, you know, and I'm getting people in the comments who are uh, just, you know, this is. <clears throat> what's been going on feels feels like therapy for a lot of people, mm-hmm. like a, or a relief. That yeah. uh, they were able, like uh, Julia is, like not everyone who's called now everyone who is called crazy mm. aren't crazy anymore. You know, it's like it's right. there is there is a sort of uh, 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 a, a release of that, and that that is that is good to see. It just it's just unfortunate that it taken so much time. But you know, it, say twenty twenty seven comes around, right? I mean, it will come around. I don't mean to make it sound like it won't, but twenty twenty seven comes around, we get this we get these aliens that revealed themselves to us. Do you think we as a human race are ready for that? I do. And I'll tell you why. Since the 1950s, the entire planet, at least the westernized world, that's had access to movies and television. We've been conditioned through mm-hmm. media, mm-hmm. through, through early shows like the twilight zone, then star Trek, then star Wars, then close encounters of the third kinds, aliens, predators, Every show, every blockbuster, even the Marvel franchise has conditioned the populace, the global populace, for the moments that when aliens do reveal themselves, yes, it's going to be groundbreaking. Yeah. But it's not going to be terrifying. I think people will be accustomed to the idea and prepared to accept it. Whereas in the early days, in the 50s and 60s, Perhaps the seventies, they weren't ready. It it makes me think of that uh, program, Alien Nation. You know, like they, right? You know, and, and if they 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 start moving, living amongst us, and then they're being you know, like they're they're being 
uh, you know, they're basically racially profiled and that they're, you know, that right. I mean, it's it's not unreasonable to to kind of go down those tracks. Um, but, you know, I district you, nine district. Oh, yeah. District nine. District nine absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I thought it interesting, you know, communion, 85. Uh, no one mm-hmm. thought about grays before that. But you look at something like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. basically what uh, they, they were looking like, which it, it doesn't that um, doesn't that have like a. A connection to uh, that film, which the name of it's escaping me, that Rod Serling had, uh, that he narrated, that they were working with the government. As a matter of fact, it's like the only UFO documentary, right, that actually has been that they shot in the Pentagon for. Uh, right. I don't remember the name, but of you know it, what I, you're you're, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And that they originally they were promised by the government, some sector of the government, that there was going to be footage of aliens at an air force base, uh, and and that was pulled at the last second. Uh, but that would have been the that was meant to be disclosure. That was meant to be like our first time looking at that. And that's a repeat. That's a scenario that repeats itself throughout ufology. For instance, in uh, back in the 1980s, Linda Moulton Howe mm. had talked with Richard Doty. And Richard Doty was uh, working for AFOSI over at Kirtland Air Force Base. I believe it was Kirtland Air Force Base. And he was essentially part of a program that was uh, misdirecting Paul Benowitz, who had discovered radio signals that were alien in nature. And the Air Force was very interested in what he was doing. But anyway, Richard Doty had allowed Linda Moulton Howe to see some information, <clears throat> classified documentation, showing... There's smoke in the bedroom. The alarm may sound. <clears throat> it's going to be loud. Uh, sorry about that. Do you need to check on something? I don't know. Well, why don't we do? Why don't we do this, Anthony? Why don't we go ahead? We take our next break. Uh, why don't you go check on what you need to check on, and uh, we'll we'll work around. If if you are still checking when we come back, we'll fill up the time. It's not a big deal. Uh, but uh, why don't we do that? How, how's that sound? Sounds good. All righty. Why don't we take our next break? When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about UFO Nexus, a journey into alien realms and cosmic secrets. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM nine fifty. And join us tomorrow on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bach, and we're going to be doing a replay. We're going to be replaying the episode of uh, Restoring the Patterson-Gimlin film with M.K. Davis. Uh, we're going to be running that uh, tomorrow. And then Friday is Casual Friday, so uh, stop on by. We kind of take it a little bit lighter on Fridays, talk about what we've uh, discussed over the week, and uh, just kind of ease ourselves into the weekend. So definitely uh, please continue checking us out over the over the rest of this week. And once again, folks, on Friday, Friday, uh, it's going to be the Yuletide Seance over at Midwest Witchery and Healing. Uh, that is going to be a great way to connect with your deceased loved ones for Christmas. You can get tickets over at MidwestWitcheryHealing.com. That's this Friday, December 15th, and that starts at 7 p.m. So whole lots of good stuff going on there. Uh, Anthony, I see that you're back with us, so I am uh, hoping that means that everything is all right over there. Everything is fine. Yeah, I, I, I think it was the uh, the Google or the Nest uh, 
that thing went off on its own. Well, you know, I mean, and you, you got to forgive us over here, all of us uh, in, in, in the comments and stuff. You know, we're all talking about government and stuff, and all of a sudden yeah. the, the alarms start going right, off. And that, like, was, that was a surprise. <laughs> so good. I, I'm glad that everything I'm glad that everything is working out over there. There's nothing wrong over there. We're talking tonight about Anthony's new book, UFO Nexus, A Journey into Alien Realms and Cosmic Secrets. We... Um, you can get this book over, and I put this into the chat, ufocurrents.com. Uh, go there. You can not only see uh, that book, but other articles you've written, also other right. books that you have available. Uh, and and right. honestly, Anthony, this book, th there's something about like, um, and I was talking with Adam about it beforehand, the idea of having uh, kind of, uh, as you even mentioned yourself, this a contemporary writer, writer of UFO. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, we've had some great authors on who have talked about, uh, you know, we had a great, uh, discussion with, uh, uh, about, uh, Roswell, stuff like that. But this is, you know, you're even including like the Arizona sightings and stuff as well. Uh, right. As a matter of fact, I talk about the, uh, the 2023 Las Vegas alien incident. Exactly. That, and that's family. actually what I meant. That's actually what I meant. Yes. Which is not right, in Arizona. <laughs> right. So in April 30th, on, on the, the, the evening of April 30th at midnight, which led into May 1st, a family in Las Vegas called 911. And they were terrified. They saw a large craft land in their backyard. It blurred the entire surround. The area was blurred. They could see through it, but they couldn't make what it was that was obfuscating or blurring their vision. It also gave them headaches, by the way. Yeah. They saw two eight-foot to ten-foot-tall gray-looking aliens. Terrifying. And uh, they also heard, they ran back into their home, and they heard these aliens walking on their the roof of their house. Mm. They called 911. The police showed up. Not only did the police freak out, but at the same time that the family had made the 911 call, just prior to that, the police on their body cam had captured a blue-green streak of the, in the sky. It looked like a meteorite or something. Yeah, yeah. And then in the same, also at the same time, at another house in another part of the city, you literally could see the entire night sky light up. You hear what sounds like a typical 1950s, 1960s-style UFO <laughs> sound effect, but and then like a, like a small explosion. You've heard a small explosion. So you have three things all happening at the same time, yet they want you to believe this is a hoax, nothing happened. Well, News Nation did a really good uh, interview with a private investigator and um, I got to tell you, based on everything that we're hearing from Congress, with all the UAP disclosure, <clears throat> all of these military personnel, for, you know, that are very forthcoming, I think that we need to pay very close attention to incidents like what happened in Las Vegas. I've studied it repeatedly, and yeah. I'm telling you, that was not a hoax. That family saw something, and it's, it's just a bit of a fun fact, but. Las Vegas is just 147 miles away from Rachel, Nevada, which is the closest uh, uh, the closest inhabited area uh, to uh, Area 51. So that's nothing. That's that's it's, uh, 147 miles is a 
the skip jump and a hop away from uh, Area 51. It, it is, and I've been up that way before, and it, it is something very different up there. But I'll, I'll tell you also, uh, you know, we, we talk about, you know, when, when I hear stories about, uh, like, the aliens walking on the roof of the house and stuff, my mind goes to, like, the film Signs. Where you know it's it's not a great situation. There's nothing right. that in that video that they've done that that makes themselves sound uh, like that they're aggressive or anything. But right. at the same time, you know, we talk about would we be ready in 2027 for for that? And it's stuff like that that makes it really hard for me to believe that we will be because unless we have between now and then like more and more sightings that aren't scaring us. I, you know, it, it is, it is a kind of a frightening situation a little bit. You know, in 1997 over Phoenix, they had, the, they had the, the Phoenix lights. You familiar yep. with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it's funny, but in 1997, this was a massive event. Mm -hmm. And we thought this is something we were never going to see again. A mile-wide UFO slowly hovering over the, the night sky of Phoenix. There was lots of photographic and video evidence of that. Ten years later in Stevensville, Texas, the same thing happened again. Mm -hmm. And for, for the people that are familiar with MUFON, <clears throat> MUFON showed up to Stevensville, Texas. And they thought they were going to talk to maybe like a dozen people at most. They were shocked when over 300 people showed up to speak with the MUFON investigators to tell them they had seen something that they didn't understand what it was. And by the way, there's a lot of other ancillary anecdotes around Stevensville, other stories that most people are not aware about that went on that happened. It was a very shocking event. But uh, Stevensville, Texas is surrounded by a bunch of military bases. Yeah some army, some air force. And uh, so, so is uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So the fact that we're seeing these massive UFOs near military bases, some of them nuclear installations across the Southwest and other parts of the country, it's not surprising. No, I think that a lot of these alien uh, appearances via UFOs are happening around, uh, are happening around nuclear installations for a reason. I, I'd wondered that. Uh, before I touch a little mm -hmm. bit more on that, I, th I, I, I always kind of find it interesting, the Phoenix Lights in particular, uh, almost more in some ways uh, just as famous is was the, the mayor's reaction uh, right. to it at the time by basically making fun of it. But what a I don't year, know a year later, a year later, what I don't know how many people realize that he got on. I mean, now he speaks uh, all mm -hmm. the time about uh, he's a believer. He's a he's an absolute believer of it now. That's right. So I think that uh, God, what was it? Five Symington. The, his name was Five Symington. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Initially at the, the press conference, he had a guy come out in a great yeah. alien, you know, blow mocked up it, made fun of it. Yeah. But a year later, he too had to admit, we didn't know what to tell the military. Yeah. We did not know what it was. Uh, and um, a lot of those reports were from highly credible individuals. I wonder, um, <laughs> a couple a couple of things are coming up in uh, the, the chat here. Uh, Julie was saying that I was going to ask if there's a correlation between radiation and aliens, which is good. Uh, and uh, she also says the Anola Gray 
was used to drum nuclear bombs or drop nu- nuclear bombs, and then the aircraft was later kept at Roswell. The, you know, the thing that I wonder about, and this is more prophetic and kind of outside the realm of what we're talking about, you know, but I wondered if there's a point that aliens need to step in and and show themselves because even though they might be working with us, maybe we as humans take something a step too far and that they need to come in uh, just because they need to maybe fix something that maybe we're we're not able to uh, actually do something with to make to make uh, to fix something we might have done. You know, um, there's a great book that was written by Robert Hastings called uh, you know UFOs and Nukes, and there's uh, and then Louis Elizondo, who was mm-hmm. uh, in charge of uh, the ATIP, the now defunct ATIP program. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, their narratives essentially point to the fact that these aliens are making themselves uh, apparent because we have gone too far with our propensity for development of nuclear war- nuclear arms, mm-hmm. nuclear bombs. We're at a point where Pakistan, India, Israel, France, the UK, Russia, China, us, God knows who else, possess so many nuclear weapons. Just, just Russia and the United States alone have a combined 10,000 ICBMs that can end the world Yeah, as we know it. By the way, I want to apologize to the audience. The reason why I'm breathing heavily and my voice is a little bit tough is because I was paralyzed for two years. Mm. And I just regained my ability to, to speak. So thank you for having me on, Greg. I appreciate it. Well, I'm doing I, the best that I can. No, you're doing great. And I am so glad that... <clears throat> You, that that you're progressing so well. Uh, Thank you. That is that is great news, and I'm glad. I am thrilled to have you on, and I hope that you want to come back on again oh, many times. Um, now, uh, Julie has a question, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the question is: Are the aliens that are working with the government perhaps not good, and that is why uh, host, hostile aliens attacking? You know, there have been incidents where. The aliens have abducted individuals and experimented on them. You know, I don't want to get too graphic, but like you've heard of the cattle mutilations, right? Absolutely. There have been incidents where there have been human mutilations. And there was some, supposedly some back and forth between the gray aliens and the military over these types of incidents. And they had to come to an agreement, make all that stop. And um, yes, there are bad aliens and there are good aliens. There are a lot of people out there that are pushing these narratives for one or the other, but I tend to believe that there's both. Yeah. You have good aliens and you have bad aliens. I will say that the grays that are in Dulce, New Mexico, <clears throat> there are two factions. You have the dissident grays, which are the younger group of grays, and then you have these older grays. The older grays don't really care about humanity at all. But the dissident grays are the ones that are working alongside facets of the uh, military industrial complex, the Rand Corporation. Mm-hmm. Some people went so far as to say even IBM had a footprint there in Dulce, New Mexico. So, a lot, and like I said, Phil Schneider had gone on the record before he was killed saying that the. Uh, precursor to a lot of the stealth technology was synthesized by the grays and given to the to the military or to the aerospace companies yeah yeah 
Well, I would have just thought that the uh, <clears throat> the bad aliens were the ones that worked for Russia. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, I mean, and because uh, we're, we're running out of time here, but uh, I mean, the aliens that uh, were recovered uh, at Roswell, they were grays, weren't they? Right. It's believed that they were grays. So the Roswell incident involved two things, recovery of debris. Yep. Uh, and then that was taken to Roswell Army Airfield. Mm-hmm. And then, and so this was a flying disc, but there was also purportedly four aliens, three of them dead, one of them alive. And the three dead bodies were taken to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. Yep. And the one that was alive, I believe, stayed in New Mexico or, or went to Nevada yep. where he ended up dying uh, late in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's from whom uh, they learned a lot from, by the way. Right, right, uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Once again, folks, I just want to remind everyone: uh, please support Anthony. Pick up his book, uh, UFO Nexus: UFO Nexus: A Journey into Alien Realms and Cosmic Secrets. Uh, we really didn't talk a whole lot about what's in the book, and the book itself is absolutely fascinating. I. You know, I could absolutely, Anthony, guarantee that people are not going to be disappointed in this book one bit. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it it is absolutely amazing. Once again, you can pick up the book over at ufocurrents.com. If you go there, uh, get the book, please, uh, because it also shows, Anthony, that people listen to the show. But also, Mm -hmm. uh, you'd get get a couple... bookmarks from bookmarks. it and uh that that's uh up until the end of the year you can do that mm-hmm. uh and anthony i mean we're gonna have to get you back on here soon because there is so much to talk about and i think we could even if you wanted to we could take like sections and just have a whole episode about sections of your book oh yeah i mean there's we, we don't even touch on the fact that we're developing artificial general intelligence when you think about it i'm not talking about ai i'm talking about agi AGI, we're we're creating an alien, non-human sentience, which is inherently dangerous. So uh, let's get you back on early in 2024. How's that sound? Thank you. I would love to be back on. Thank you very much. Uh, that's Thank it you. for us tonight. Tomorrow we are going to be doing that replay with uh, MK Davis. We'll be back for Casual Friday. Everyone, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Have a good night.